Mai mai, hi mai ki, tēnei hōtaka, and welcome to the panel on RNZ National, Wallace Chapman here. Calls are mounting for the Prime Minister to speak out on the protests in Iran, we start with that, and the family court had experiences of it, a campaign has been launched by Humans of Family Court Aotearoa, we tell you why this afternoon. And talking ageism today, Julia Hartley-Moore talked about the effects of ageism in her I've Been Thinking. And I'd like to ask you, have you experienced ageism? It might be applying for a job. It could have been the service you've had. Let me know. Text me 2101 or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. And soup thrown over a little non painting by Van Gogh. It's called Sunflowers, covered by glass. Destructive little hooligans or modern day climate heroes. And Creative NZ has declined a funding prop, 31K. $31,000 for a Shakespeare company. It's caused a cultural brouhaha, needless to say. Robin Malcolm has called CNZ complete knobs. Sir Sam Neill says it made New Zealand look bloody stupid. Winston Peters and David Seymour, they've weighed in. And the song whisperer today, we say the lyrics, you guess the song. I close my eyes and see you before me, think I would die if you were to ignore me. A fool could see just how much I adore you. I'd get down on my knees. I'd do anything for you. What's that song? Text me, 2101. And our panel this afternoon, Lavina Good, broadcaster and journalist, co-founder of the Good Neighbour Food Rescue Charity. Lavina, lovely to have you on the panel. Yeah, great. Nice to speak to you, Wallace. Thanks for having me. And Peter Dunn, former MP, Minister and United Future Leader Peter, kia ora, good to have you on. Kia ora, Wallace, good to be with you again. Now, lovely to have both Peter and Lavina on. Now, often wonder why things made here are often more expensive. You're in the supermarket, the wheels are churning in your mind. Hang on, why are these oranges from California less than the ones that came from Bay of Plenty? What's going on here? The issue was raised in a recent article. How did a pizza from Italy only cost $4. With us is Associate Professor Shub Ganguly, who's a supply chain management expert at the University of Auckland. Uh, Dr Ganguly, kia ora. Welcome to the panel. Kia ora. Thanks for having me. It's one of those key gripes that people have, right? The cost of buying local compared to buying overseas. Yeah. Um, so... It can happen for certain things, as we see, and um, part of it is uh, scale because something grown at scale uh, can be or produced at scale. So we often see this in terms of you know frozen goods. Um, we, we see things grown at scale and imported can be cheaper sometimes. Other labor oh. costs as well to do with that. But still, you still wonder how on earth can a pizza fly all the way across the world, 18,527 kilometres, arrive here in New Zealand, and we get to pick it up less than a cup of coffee. It just sounds extraordinary, Shub. So, um, you know, just one little correction there. Much of that, or all of that, doesn't get, it doesn't fly in. It comes on those, uh, what we call reefers, or the refrigerated or frozen containers. Um, And 
Yes, the last two years have been terrible for worldwide shipping. Uh, it's a nightmare, supply chain issues, and costs also have gone up. But if we roll back to 2019, up until that point, uh, and even now, generally speaking, ocean transport over long distance is very, very cost economical. Um, and so um, if there's a steady volume moving um, and there's not much variability in demand, uh, then uh, the cost of transport, if you just consider the cost of transport, each of those frozen pizzas will be just a few pennies. Uh, so the transport doesn't really cost much uh, if it's transported over the ocean in bulk. Oh, right. Okay. Um, nonetheless, Lavina, I mean, have you ever thought about this? You go to the local supermarket, you're in Tauranga, you want to buy local oranges, but actually the Californian ones, they're cheaper. See it all the time, especially with produce, and it, it does yep. get a bit confusing. I know people talk about the economies of scale in terms of buying heaps and heaps of it, which means you can, you know, certainly charge cheaper for it. But when you live in the Bay of Plenty and you love kiwi fruit, you kind of uh, expect it to be a little bit cheaper when it's made from here other than when it's been imported. But, yeah, it's very con- confusing for the consumers, I do believe. And, you know, how does a, a $4 pizza come all the way from Italy? It seems absolutely crazy to me. It just doesn't make much sense. Stay there, Shub. Let's bring Peter Dunnan. Sure. Well- yeah, look, I, th- I think the issue is, as Shub says, it's one of um, supply chains. Um, I, th- I my guess, my question is, given the disruption there's been in the last couple of years, we're likely, I assume, to see more of these sorts of variations for the next little while as goods that have been um, stored for some period of time start to make their way to market? Are you there, so, yeah. Yes, I am. Um, and, and so with the disruptions, yes, what we have seen, there have been more disruptions mm. the longer the supply chains are. Uh, the more likely uh, the disruptions will be there. So uh, these days, people are talking a lot about supply chain resilience. How can we make our supply chains resilient? And one of the things is, if the supply chains are shorter, if they're within the domestic boundaries, uh, then there's less likelihood of disruption. So uh, that's some of the things that are, are being talked about. Mm. Um, yeah, but there are, you know, labor costs and other uh, aspects as well tied to it. Are there issues of dumping involved here at all? Mm. So I'm, I'm not... Um I don't have enough information yeah. to speak about if there's dumping mm. going on or not. There's, there's of course, on the flip side, uh, Shub, there is a strong movement amongst some consumers these days to want to know where their food comes from. So that might sort of uh, come into it as well. Absolutely. So, you know, provenance of uh, items that are consumed, whether it's clothes, whether it's food, uh, more and more that uh, movement is gaining ground. Uh, however... Uh, We'll have to wait and see how much that happens uh, to the point that they affect the market prices. Uh, but uh, yes, for example, you know, um, as as uh, even though South Island produces wheat, uh, much of the wheat and flour used in North Island comes from Australia. Um, and, yes. and I guess mm. I guess it would just cost uh, you know a few more cents or maybe uh, you know twenty. 30 cents for a pizza extra if it was made by flowers sourced from uh, uh, New Zealand rather than sourced from Australia. Now, if that can be marketed and if there's a market for that and if people are willing to pay 30 cents more for uh, pizza, which is made from locally sourced ingredients from scratch, 
uh, that might change. But mm. again, that's, mm. um, I say I would. I say I would, Lavina. I'd say if I saw a pizza entirely New Zealand made for five dollars, but then another one next to it four dollars seventy. I'm 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 saying now that I would choose the five dollar one, but I'm not sure I would. Yeah, I agree, Wallace. I know what you're saying. I, I think there is a growing interest with the consumers about where the product is coming from, where it's purchased from. And in terms of, you know, if it's locally produced, you might be expected or some people might say I would pay more. But I think with the cost of living at the moment and the fact that people are having to pay for their food at a certain price as it yeah. is, if it means you have to pay a little bit more just to support something environmentally or locally, that's not the case for a lot of whānau. A lot of people can't afford that. So it sounds good. It's an emotive choice. I just don't think it's a choice a lot of families can make at this stage in our local current environment. Yeah. I, I, I just was sort of flippantly thinking to myself, it would probably depend what the flavour of the pizza was. See, you got it, Peter. Yeah, always and, and, always and thinking. A lot of people would just think, well, you know, in principle – I'd like to pay the, the, the price to support the New Zealand product, but if actually the, the, the foreign product looks more attractive for a few cents less, why not? Raul says, Wallace Side bought California oranges and nectarines once. They were bland and tasteless. Never again. I buy local. Um, yes, quite a bit of response. What about mini chocolate eclairs made in Belgium for Pam's line on special? For about $2. They're frozen and they have cream in them. Very good, uh, Shub Kyoto. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. That is uh, Shubhamoy Ganguly, Associate Professor at Auckland University, uh, who is a supply chain management expert. Quite a bit of response regarding uh, ageism too, uh, by the way. Uh, I'm 76, female, grey hair since 40. Um, I do experience uh, ageism. We'll talk about that. Uh, have you experienced ageism and how? Text me at 2101. You can email the panel at RNZ. Dot co, uh, dot nz. It's time for I've Been Thinking. Lavina Good, IBT, take it away. Well, Wallace, I've been thinking about um, social supermarkets in Aotearoa. And in fact, there is one that will be launched in Toringa on November the 1st, the first social supermarket in Toringa called the Utamutai Social Supermarket. And I've been thinking how much this is going to be a successful concept. It, it will be there for working families that are, are going through day-to-day struggles. Maybe you've got two working parents with three kids and all of a sudden you can't afford the hockey fees or the school camp or the car has blown up and you've never been in a position and will probably never put yourself in a position where you need to go to a food bank or contact a government service. But to be able to be referred to go to a social supermarket over a period of four weeks and save $600 on groceries that you can allocate to somewhere else that is necessary in your family's needs, I think it's a concept that is really revolutionary here in Aotearoa. And I think communities will benefit from it and that will be shown here in Ultimultai. And I believe that the benefits will go to those consumers that don't fall off the edge of the cliff, that will help them during a, a short period of time. So that is set to open in Taranga. In a couple of weeks' time, it's something oh, yeah. really, really different and it's answering the needs of a certain community in Tauranga and, and I think it's going to be a huge, huge success here. Um, 600 bucks, it's a fair amount, isn't it? $600, Lavina? Yep, that's, mm. that's exactly right. I mean, if you've been referred to come for four weeks, you can get $150 worth of food for a $30 spend. And the interesting thing, Wallace, is that mm. people will be able to shop with dignity because they're not being handed food for free. They're paying 
for that food, which is so important. And that's a $600 saving that can be allocated somewhere else, be it school fees or, or anything that's necessary for families to get by. I think lots of people are struggling at the moment. Lots of people aren't being to um, aren't advocating how much oh. they are struggling and it's something like a social supermarket will really help people get through a bad patch because we've all been in that bad patch. Indeed, and there'll be more about prices, food prices tomorrow on the panel just after four. All right, uh, Peter Dunn, I've been thinking. Well, I've been thinking because uh, here in Wellington over the last few days we've had a number of protests from uh, various environmental groups um, disrupting motorway traffic, etc., because they want more passenger trains. And I've been thinking about that. I disagree with their tactics, but I strongly support their cause. We do need to improve passenger rail services, not just urban rail, but right across the country. I know there's a parliamentary committee looking at this at the moment, and I was intrigued and very pleased to read the submission this morning from Tainui Group Holdings, which is proposing that they be given the opportunity to run a fast train between Hamilton and Auckland. I'm not sure how much short, short in the distance, but the idea is that as an external operator, they would effectively get access to the track to run this particular service. And it seems to me that that's the future for passenger rail services in New Zealand. It's not Kiwi Rail running trains plodding up and down the tracks all the time, but getting smart, enterprising operators who want to run commercially attractive and popular services for passengers on the main trunk. I think there's a huge opportunity here for New Zealand, and I think that uh, I hope that the Parliamentary Committee comes to a similar conclusion and that the, peop- the people who disrupted the traffic in Wellington last week, while they didn't win any friends, actually win their cause long, t- long term. You, would you take it? When's the last time you stepped on a train, Peter Dunn? When, when's the last time I stepped on a train? Did you Took say? the train. Yeah. Oh, I, I use commuter trains in Wellington all the time. Okay. I've used long-distance passenger trains in other countries. The last time I used one in New Zealand would be a few years ago, but then there haven't been that many. Hey, by the way, as an aside, last time you were on the program, you talked about your toy train collection. Yep. And someone wanted to know, how's it going? It's still going. It's It's been going since about 1985, I think, 84, 85. So it's, it's a pretty elderly one, but it's got a lot of TLC. It's still going. In fact, we had it going just at the weekend. What, what do you do? You just switch, you pour a glass of wine and switch it on. Well, I've got my grandkids come around, yeah. and, and, and sort of, the trains run around the track. There's, there's there's hills and stations and all sorts oh. of things, and they can push cars around the roads and do all sorts of things. You they, must be a dream granddad. It's very easy. I just, I just control things. So you're the controller? Yep, and they, and they, they have all the fun. And do you wear the uniform and stuff? No, no. Right. <laughs> Ooh la la. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Dunn, Lavina, good with me this afternoon. Lots to discuss on the panel right here till 5 p.m.